welcome to Pharmacy View podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In this stream of podcast episodes, we discuss aspects of pharmacy career, resources and training, and how each area interacts with guest current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Kavita Nadan, pharmacist founder from Locomake, and my guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions for all of your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Arion Technologies Group. A big hello to all our listeners this uh, Friday afternoon. Today, I have a very exciting opportunity to be chatting with Kevin O from PSA. I was really fortunate enough to meet you, Kevin, uh, I think it was back in 2022 or even like late 21, when I was prepping for, we were preparing for a resume writing workshop as part of um, one of the partnerships we had with PSA. And um, we hit it off straight away. And I, I just thought, this is somebody I want to keep in touch with. And so be it, we've now had an opportunity to um, do a podcast together. So you're a person of many talents. Um, currently, Kevin is uh, the manager of training, development and assessments at PSA and also a PIC at Blake's Pharmacy. Um, so welcome, Kevin, to the podcast. Thanks, Kavita. Thank you so much for your warm welcome. I'm actually so excited to be here today. No problems. Now, I haven't done this with my previous podcast, but I thought it was something I'd introduce this time around. I want to ask you a little icebreaker question just to get to know a little snippet of Kevin O. Um, Okay, so what is your favourite holiday you've ever taken and why? Oh, my favourite holiday. Look, you know what? I'm going to be boring and actually say Bali. Um, (laughs) I know, you know, Australians go there all the time, but... Um, you know, every time I go there, I just have such an amazing time with like the culture and, and just what you see there. And it's also you get to be able to relax as well. Um, so I know it's a very common holiday destination, but I just don't have anything bad to say about that place. Well, I, I love Bali as well. And I think it's because of how relaxed it is. It almost feels like a home away from home. Like you can just go and be yourself and it doesn't feel like you're stressed out when you leave. So I I agree. That's a great choice. Now, for anybody who doesn't know who Kevin is, can you please give us a little bit of uh, background about yourself and uh, let everyone know who you are? Yeah, sure. Look, I am a proud practicing pharmacist. Uh, Look, I have a passion in pharmacy education uh, and community pharmacy. I think what really excites me is, you know, being able to you know, bring science and evidence into education and, and trading products to upskill, you know, our industry. Uh, at the PSA, I'm so fortunate that I get to work with a team of very, very talented uh, pharmacists that deliver uh, training and, and assessment strategies, and it really contributes to our, our profession's workforce development nationally. So we do, you know, training events like CPD, uh, we do qualifications, uh, and also includes our training for pharmacy assistants as well. Uh, I'm also a mental health advocate, uh, so I bring mental health training to uh, the pharmacy industry. That's amazing. I remember doing the mental health first aid course when it first came out, and honestly, there's just not even enough time to be able to cover all that's available. And I love that you're, um, that's one of your you know, passions as well, to be able to bring that to, to our industry. Now, <clears throat> I'm going back a little bit at the start of your career. When you were in uni, like, and did you always think this is where you wanted to end up? And how different is it to the path that you did want to take when you were in uni versus where you are at now? 
Yeah, look, it was completely different, like what I expected back yeah. then. I started my pharmacy degree thinking, you know, I'll probably become a hospital pharmacist. That's what I wanted to do. But then as I started to work in community pharmacy, I met some really amazing people. And you know what? I just fell in love with it. Uh, just being able to be part of um, a central pillar of the community uh, and really making a positive impact on people's, you know, health, um, that felt so rewarding. Um, so I was actually so determined then after to really progress my career uh, in community pharmacy. Um, but somewhere along my journey, I crossed paths with PSA. Um, I met some amazing people there and through networking, I started to learn what the organisation does for the profession. And an opportunity came up where I was able to be part of um, contributing back to the profession and shaping the profession through education. Um, and I've always been an, an advocate uh, for lifelong learning. Um, you know, that's led me to complete a master of clinical pharmacy and, and qualifications in training and assessment. Um, so I thought, you know, this was an opportunity that I wanted to um, get in on. Um, I wanted to see how I could, you know, be part of change and, and help contribute to our profession as it evolves. So I, I joined uh, the PSA and now my role really centers centers around designing, developing, delivering training and assessment strategies. Um, and of course, you know, I still love community pharmacy and so I couldn't give that up. Uh, so I still continue um, to work as a community pharmacist in, in this community that I absolutely love in, in Sydney. Um, and I just, you know, love what I get to do there. That's amazing. And, and it's so exciting to hear that you are still in community pharmacy because, you know, with all that's happening, I feel like now's such a great time to actually be in community with this increased group of practice and all that's coming to us. Um, and so having your feet in there is really going to help, I guess, balance both worlds with the training and, and aspect of PSA plus keeping back to the community, as you said. So, you know, you have got your hands full at the moment. What would be probably your top three key pieces of advice on managing the different hats that you wear, I guess? Yeah, look, I think the beauty of being a pharmacist is that we have the opportunity to wear different hats. Um, I think, you know, the first advice would be uh, be open-minded. You know, sometimes things can be completely different uh, to what you thought it would be and, and giving it a go may give you an unpleasant surprise. You know, our profession is evolving. Um, there's so many new opportunities out there now and I think just putting your hand up and uh, exploring what those opportunities are um, you know, I had no idea what getting into training and education would be like. Uh, but, you know, now I get to work with so many different stakeholders um, to explore how we can ensure we have a skilled workforce. And, you know, as the role of pharmacists evolves, um, you know, we've got that workforce capacity. And, and that to me is so, so exciting. Um, my second advice probably would be, uh, well, I'm going to actually borrow somebody else's advice, and it's actually from Dr. Faye Sim, um, the PSA National President. Recently at NAPSA Congress, um, she told the students to bite off more than you can chew, than chew like mad. And, and I think, you know, sometimes you just have to say yes when the opportunity presents. And even if it feels a little scary, you, you might feel like you can't do the job, uh, but they say, fake it till you make it, right? And look... <laughs> 
Kavi, I'm not <laughs> suggesting to lie about your credentials or anything like that. Uh, but sometimes by just manifesting that confidence can be helpful. Um, it's kind of like, you know, positive affirmations or, you know, visualising what success looks like. Um, and I know that even after saying yes to these different opportunities, um, just know that there's always resources you can draw from and people you can learn from. Um, and there's always people you can ask for help. Uh, yeah, oftentimes, you know, learning doesn't take place through CPD and courses. Um, professional development also happens on the job as well. Um, and I guess my final advice uh, will be find a mentor. Uh, and they can be official or unofficial mentors. Uh, we can all benefit from having multiple mentors on our career journey, and they can really help you manage the different hats you wear. Um, think about, you know, who you want um, in your dream team, um, because I think these people can um, help you, you know, master your craft. They can provide you feedback to give you fresh and new perspective. Uh, they can advocate uh, for your cause. Uh, they might be willing to collaborate with you um, and they can also help you know, anchor you. So that's probably my, my three key advice. <laughs> I absolutely love those three key p- pieces of advice because I think my favourite one is that biting more than often you can chew. I think in a, in a good way, it's just telling people to step outside of their comfort zone, right? For so long, if you get disillusioned with things or if you feel like things are stagnant, a lot of the times that can be changed from our own way that we approach things. And I think that's fantastic, especially to these new and upcoming early career pharmacists who might feel like maybe I can't do two different roles or I can't go and do a, a bit of this and a bit, but you can, the opportunities exist. And I think that's fantastic advice to allow them to be able to explore that. Um, so I guess, you know, you've had these varied um, experiences along your journey what do you what do you think has been one of your biggest learnings over the course of you know whether it be professionally or personally that you've really taken on board and kind of utilize on either a daily basis to 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 do what you do yeah look great question um look i think one of my important learnings during the course of my journey probably has been to to trust myself um mm. you know in the past i often would, you know, doubt my performance, you know, I, I might question, did I counsel that patient adequately or uh, did I present, you know, this education training well? Uh, and, of course, I, I sometimes still feel that way, um, but, you know, more often than not, the doubt has not been valid. Uh, there's been times when I was too scared to even ask a question in the meeting or voice my, my opinion, uh, but it in the end, it turns out that my ideas or opinions were, were valued by others uh, or I doubted my ability to, to deliver on a session, but in the end, actually received great feedback. Um, so I think it's important that, yes, we need to be you know, critical of ourselves at, time, at times, but, uh, but also remember to, to believe in yourself. Uh, and when you do a great job, uh, I think it's so important to, to celebrate those wins. Um, and that was actually something one of my managers spoke to me about um, during one of my professional development meetings. Uh, you know, celebrate your achievements, celebrate your wins. It's, it's so important. I love that. And I think that just because you know what can happen sometimes is we just on this path of, you know, this is my goal, this is when I get there, and I'll I'll celebrate once I only achieve that. But what you don't realize is every little stepping stone is is a is a moment of celebration, a moment of recognition that you've actually gotten from this point to this point. And I think that's something that I feel like, which is a good segue into my next question I want to ask you is, you know, 
intern year is really daunting, um, especially, you know, you're coming from three, four full years of studying and that's all you know. Now you have to combine that with combination of working full time and then making sure you pass one of the biggest exams in your life. That's what it feels like. Um, what sort of advice or self-care practices do you think is really important for interns to to practice to get through a pretty big year for them? Yeah, look, without a doubt, the intern year is probably one of the biggest. I knew it was well, probably one of the biggest of my in my life. Um, mm. You know, you're you're transitioning into probably full time work. You're you're studying your exams. You also have assignments you have to do as part of your intern training program. So I think first and foremost, um, be kind to yourself. Uh, transitioning from university to work is a huge milestone. It's a massive achievement. So, like what I said before, celebrate that win. Then take the time to settle in your new environment. Have an understanding of, you know, the pharmacy's workflow, the procedures, policies, the roles and responsibilities of your new team members. You know, really try to get to know your colleagues. Um, I think it's important to try plan that year as well. Uh, exams may seem far away, but they do roll around quickly. So, you know, have like a key date calendar, follow your training plan. Um, and if you need help with planning, contact your intern training provider. Um, they can help you set some goals, some milestones. Um, and then again, you know, once you achieve them, then make sure you celebrate that. I think also have a, a good support network. So you can build that through your peers, colleagues, and you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, asking for help is not a sign of weakness, but you know, I think it shows strength, confidence, and resourcefulness. Um, so, you know, be able to leverage the talents of others in areas that you don't have capacity. Um, and sometimes, you know, asking for help can be in the form of feedback. Um, I think seeking feedback is a really great way to build um, self-awareness. Um, so you can ask help or feedback from fellow interns, your preceptor, uh, other colleagues, uh, the pharmacy owner, uh, or even your training intern training provider, uh, because you know they're here to help and guide you. So, so lean on them. Um, and I think finally, my my last self uh, care practice is probably invest in a very good and comfy pair of shoes, uh, because you're going to be on your feet all day. Like you know, you go from sitting at uni in front of a computer to now on your feet. Um, so you know, your feet deserve some loving as well. Oh, absolutely. I think I still need to think about that, like, you know, 20 years on and I'm like, I should have got better shoes this year. <laughs> My feet are not loving me right now. But very, very important piece of advice. I agree with that. Now, you know, you've got these trainings which extend from, say, your pharmacy assistants all the way to pharmacists. And um, I know you oversee this and, and are part of it all. What, what do you think are the benefits that people can receive? I mean, we I, I'm part of PSA, but I think for people who are just thinking, what can I get, what are the benefits and what can I achieve from being part of, of PSA? What could you what would you tell them if you were, were to sit down and have a chat to them? Yeah, look, I think it's important to remember that PSA exists for all pharmacists, you know, regardless of you know, where they practice or what their role is. Uh, we really advocate for the profession to move forward and continually evolve uh, so that pharmacists can make a positive impact to healthcare. Uh, when I talk to students, they're often thinking about their careers and, and where or how to start their, their pharmacy journey. And 
I really can't stress how important it is to stay current and up to date with industry knowledge. You know, know what's happening in our profession and, and what opportunities are available. And PSA can help you stay current um, so you don't miss out on those important updates. Uh, there might be a new program being rolled out, maybe a pilot or project you can be involved in, uh, or maybe some committee you can join. So, you know, be engaged with PSA. That will help you stay informed. Um, I think the other benefit of being part of um, PSA is the network. You know, networking is so important. Um, so by being aligned to PSA, you have the opportunities to meet other like-minded pharmacists and grow your network, um, just like how I met you, Kavi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. You might meet your next employer. Um, so it's it's so important to you know grow that that network um and and so i think there's so many so many benefits uh, as part of psa we're actually just launching a a new program soon called flying start and it's actually designed to support pharmacists in their first 100 days of registration yeah. um, so that's that's quite exciting so um you know watch this space um and you know if you're not part of the psa network then you know i i can't emphasize that more enough yeah definitely um I think just any opportunity to be able to build that network and then utilizing that network as support, as a as a place where you can feel comfortable to be able to, you know, share, but also gain a lot as well. It's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> now, as I said before, you are currently, you know, in a couple of roles right now. What resources or tools do you utilize to manage and upskill your staff, whether it be at a pharmacy level or in the management? role that you are currently in at PSA? Yeah, look, I think there's so many resources available and, and our industry is changing so rapidly. Uh, it, it's so important just to, you know, be able to have current skills and knowledge. Uh, because I work at the PSA, you know, and one yeah. of our core functions is to deliver education. Um, you know, I'm always thinking, you know, what CPD or what courses can I recommend uh, to colleagues yeah. at the pharmacy? I think what's been useful is the increased access of education through digital means, you know, like this podcast that we're doing, um, but, but also webinars. And I think that's what we've been doing a lot at the PSA. And what this really means, I, I think, is that subject matter experts and, and key opinion leaders have become so much more accessible for pharmacists. Um, you know, during the rollout of COVID vaccinations, uh, when pharmacists first started to come on board, we were able to dial in a subject matter expert from overseas to, to talk to pharmacists and bring the latest developments of, of the vaccines. Um, so I think, you know, that's probably been one of the, um, you know, great ways um, that we've been able to help upskill pharmacists. Fantastic. And do you think there are some synergies that you can think of being managing pharmacists in the community versus managing pharmacists as part of an organisation? And what are, what, are, what are those things that you utilise that has a cross cross-section between the two? Yeah, I think for me as a community pharmacist and also working in education, I'm always mm -hmm. assessing, you know, what are the gaps in knowledge or skills of a pharmacist and, you know, how our practice is, is evolving. Um, you know, it's an industry where I think the only constant is change, you know, we've seen electronic prescriptions become a reality, regulations are always changing, um, new drugs are in development, yes. um, you know, 
there's always new scientific evidence, you know, changing clinical guidelines. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, I, I use that frontline experience um, and I often take this back to my role at the PSA to start conversations about, you know, what kind of educational training we should be providing to support the profession or how can we bring, you know, pharmacists to that next level. Um, so for me, you know, having these two roles actually really complement each other. Uh, I think just having that deep understanding uh, of what is actually happening in practice, this can really help help make more meaningful contributions in my work at, at the PSA. That's so good. And, and that's so true because you would live and breathe it and see, you know, how the community responds to certain things. And you're like, well, firsthand, this is exactly how it's going to roll out. Um, that's really critical, I think. And they go so hand in hand with what you're doing right now. Now, just um, moving forward, future thinking a little bit. How do you think the industry is going to change over the next two years? What do you see in the pipeline of what's going to, what's going to come into play? Yeah, I think it's an exciting time to be a pharmacist. Um, yes. If anything, you know, COVID has really helped, you know, bring attention to the positive impact that, you know, we can make in healthcare. Um, you know, these opportunities have really created momentum for our industry. So I think over the next, you know, few years, we're going to see a bigger role for pharmacists. Um, we're going to play a much bigger part of patient healthcare teams. Uh, and I think this will happen in a variety of settings, you know, community, hospital, general practice, aged care, uh, Aboriginal community controlled health services. Uh, you know, we're going to be vital across that healthcare continuum uh, from identification through, you know, screening services um, to treatment or, or, or management um, as our practice continues to evolve. Um, we're already seeing scope of change um, expand, like in immunisation, for example, uh, we're able to do more vaccines now, um, you know, Japanese encephalitis recently, HPV, uh, travel vaccines. I think um, other injectable medicines will also become a focus. Uh, we're already seeing some programs at the moment where pharmacists are able to administer long-acting injectable buprenorphine, for example, and that's really exciting. Thank you. Um, and also prescribing. Look, that's been a big topic, so I would say watch this space closely. Absolutely. How things have changed, right? Uh, and I think that in the last probably 10 years has been this multitude of changes in terms of technology, um, in changes of our scope, obviously, but also things that we are so intrinsically good at and we've been trained for. It's like now we're like, wow, I can really see how my role is going to flourish in this new environment. And I think it's so exciting. Like I'm just, every time I hear like, wow, this is so exciting for us as a profession, but also as a, as a cohort, like, you know, well, now we can tell people this is what we do. It's just, it's an exciting time all around anyway. Um, <clears throat> so for you or generally, um, whether it be personally or it be professionally, what's on the roadmap for you for the next, say, 18 months? And is there anything off the grid? Look, you know, I think um, I'm just going to continue to try and diversify, you know, my experiences and really have the courage to keep trying new things. Um, you know, I think what I've learned from, you know, COVID is that we need to be comfortable with change. Uh, and I think this will, you know, help me become a better person, um, help me build, you know, qualities like, you know, empathy, resilience, self-awareness, creativity. Um, so I think it's really like what I said in the beginning, just, you know, giving things a go and, and saying yes to things. Yep, absolutely. And just a little curveball, if you could go back to your 18-year-old self, your young baby self, <laughs> what, what advice would you give yourself, Kevin? 
You know, I think I will go on that same message as what I'm, what I want to do in, you know, over the next, you know, couple of months. Like, you know, really get out there, um, really try new things. I think it, it's so important to uh, really expose yourself um, to to the different experiences out there. Um, you know, be vulnerable at times. Um, you know, have courage. I think, um, you know, then as a person, will you know, will will grow and um, you know, it can only get better, right? So. Um, get out there is, is my Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's fitting advice, especially for the young ones who feel like they need to do it all right now. It's like there is time. Like yeah. you can, you've got time. If you need to make mistakes, if you need to try something and it doesn't work, it's okay. Like exactly, we'll talk to you in 10 years' time and you'll be in a totally different trajectory or you'll be doing yeah. something that you absolutely love. And I think that's, that's absolutely uh, fitting and wonderful advice for all our young student pharmacists as well. Now, Kevin, uh, that brings us towards the end of our podcast. It's been so good. You've been so informative. I could chat to you all day, but <laughs> obviously you've got things to do and, uh, you know, a weekend to get to. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been super informative. And, um, you know, if anyone can, please uh, check out Kevin uh, O on LinkedIn. Um, you know, so much information, so a wealth of knowledge. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment if you found this episode of value or have feedback. Podcast episodes are promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and major podcast mediums. And each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to the guest contact and business details. If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier and would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn or complete the inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I'm your host, Kavita Nadan, pharmacist founder from Locomate, and thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast.